It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Star Wars 7x7 episode 2918. We are going into spoiler territory, but kind of staying in the shallows when it comes to Shadow of the Sith because we're going to talk about probably one of the most mysterious things about that period between the original and the sequel trilogy and what shows up in Shadow of the Sith. It has to do with the Jedi Temple established by Luke Skywalker. Punch it! Hey Rebel Riser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So as I've been doing in a lot of these episodes as we continue our countdown to our run up to 3,000 episodes, I'm sharing reviews from people who had wonderful things to say about the podcast on Apple Podcasts. This one comes from Fuzzy Bee Bear with the headline, What a Joy. And it says, every day this podcast brings you the latest Star Wars everything with a passion and joy that shines through every moment. Thank you. You remind me every day why I still revel in Star Wars and what makes it a passion for so many people, a childhood joy that has grown up with us. And Fuzzy, thank you so much for the beautiful review and such kind words. And I really like the way that Fuzzy talks about this childhood joy that grew up with all of us. The whole experience of being a Star Wars fan can kind of be complicated, right? And now we have a second generation of Star Wars fans, and by that I simply mean fans who saw the prequels as kids and are now grown-ups, right? And not too long from now, people who were kids with the sequel trilogy will be growing up and feeling the adult feelings around those movies and considering their relationship to Star Wars as new storytelling comes out. And I've been thinking about that growing up and about how it's all there for us to experience at every level as I've been thinking about the finale of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series because I was you know, awestruck by, you know, obviously the final fight, but particularly that last conversation that Obi-Wan and Anakin have at the same time as scorekeeper Declan is telling me, yo, that was sick, that last fight between Obi-Wan and Vader. And all of these things are there all at once for all of us to experience at our different ages in life and capabilities and interests. And so, yeah, what a beautiful thing Star Wars is and how lucky we are to have it. So thank you for that insight, Fuzzy, and thank you again so much for the very kind review. I think I know who you are too, Fuzzy. <laughs> but anyway, let's get into what we are here to talk about today which is Shadow of the Sith. And when I say at the top that we're gonna be kind of in the shallows in terms of spoiler territory, I just mean to say that I'm not going to be digging into the story and the things that happen, like the main storyline stuff, right? We're not in that kind of spoiler territory. We're just in spoiler territory in the same way that when I was talking about the excerpts that had been released in the wake of, or in the wake of, and in the pre-release run-up for Shadow of the Sith, and I was like, I can't believe they actually shared this one particular thing on StarWars.com. Well, now that we're in... <laughs> 
into spoiler territory, I'll just, you know, say out loud, I know it's out there anyway, it still feels spoilery, but the fact that Luke is able to talk to his father, Anakin Skywalker, as a Force ghost, I mean, yeah, I just, I'm stunned that they actually opened that door three months ahead of the release of Shadow of the Sith, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about the Jedi Temple and what we learn about it. That is one of the big mysteries as well as what Ben Solo was doing there and all about his fall and whatnot. That doesn't get covered in this story, but we do learn more about the Jedi Temple and we do get to see Luke and Ben there in Shadow of the Sith. And you know, Adam Christopher does some things that are just straight up heartbreaking in this novel and intentionally so in places, particularly with Dathan and Miramir, uh, Ray's parents, who you know we really get invested in even though we know how their story is going to end and it does and tragically so within the pages of Shadow of the Sith. That's of course because he gets us emotionally involved with those characters and I would say that he doesn't necessarily have to work as hard to get us invested in Luke and Ben, right? Like we're already emotionally invested in these characters and he does a great job portraying them but particularly it's heartbreaking because we know what's eventually going to happen with these two characters and I know we've talked about the notion of really trying to enjoy these stories and step out of our knowledge of you know what's going to happen next because of course these characters don't know what's going to happen next and so to really enjoy the story you kind of have to get into their skin and experience the story as they are experiencing it and so it's beautiful to watch Luke and Ben in their interactions in the story and it's also heartbreaking at the same time because if you step out of that for one second you know how things end up and how we see the two of them in their last face-off in The Last Jedi, and oh, it is just heartbreaking to know that that's where things are going to end up. Now, this conversation is also going to tie into an episode that we did uh, a few weeks ago, earlier this month, when we talked about Easter eggs, and in particular in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, and whether Easter eggs are essentially becoming sort of a new canon hierarchy as well, whereas like there's the main story, and then you know the levels at which you dig deeper and find connections and so forth where that comes into play with Shadow of the Sith. Well, we talked about how in the conversation with Adam Christopher over the weekend, how some of the influences and references from Shadow of the Sith come from some very far-flung places. And you could say that the reveal of the location of the Jedi Temple is one of them. So the planet that has that Jedi Temple is called Ossus. And in canon, it first reappeared according to the fine folks who are updating Wikipedia in a short story from Alexander Freed called The End of History that appeared in Star Wars Insider Magazine. And it was referenced in Dooku Jedi Lost. Then there's stuff that was described about it in Nexus of Power, which is a source book for the Star Wars role-playing games. So like that's how deep this stuff goes. And when I went to pull out my copy of The Essential Atlas from Jason Fry and Daniel Wallace that was published back in 2008, there is an entry for Ossus in there. And funnily enough, some of the stuff that's in there is stuff that's actually now back in canon. And some of it is kind of like in a, a different and interesting way. So according to the source book, there had been 
a Jedi Temple there and there was a supernova situation which mostly wiped people out but some survivors were there and developed into a tribalistic sauna set of folks and according to the Atlas Luke Skywalker made contact with those folks in 10 ABY discovering many lost treasures to help him in his quest to rebuild the Jedi Order and following the oh, pronunciation the Yuzong Vong war this is still all legend stuff Skywalker reestablished Ossus as a center of Jedi training so that happened in legends and now we have Luke establishing a center for Jedi training in the new canon on Ossus as well and then there's Ben himself, and Luke is trying his best to establish a master Padawan relationship with Ben, but you know, they are also uncle and nephew, and it's a little hard to get a hold of that. And Ben is just eager. He's 16 years old, but also Ossus is a place that you know, as much as Ben is trying to be cool and be devoted to the Jedi situation, it's also crushingly boring for him according to Luke's own reflections. And this is what Luke thinks as he's reflecting about Ben. He thinks, Ben was trying, I'm reading from Shadow of the Sith. More than that, he was good. Even now, as Ben just stood in the doorway, leaning one shoulder casually against the frame as he ran his hand through his hair yet again, Luke could feel the power in him. It was a beautiful flower growing inside his Padawan, waiting to blossom into something wonderful. Sometimes Luke thought Ben would one day be as powerful as he was. The Skywalker legacy ran deep. And then he goes on to reflect that Ben has an edge to him, a slow anxiety that simmered just below the surface. Luke put it down to an eagerness to please him as the temple's Jedi master, but it was also reflective of an internal struggle. Jedi versus family, nephew versus uncle, Padawan versus master. Luke knew it couldn't be easy for Ben, no matter how hard he tried to hide it, and sometimes he tried to hide it too well. And then late in the novel, when most of the adventures are over and Luke has returned to Ossus, he's spending a little bit of time with Ben and that eagerness and that awkwardness are there again. And Ben, you know, knows that something is still kind of not right. And Luke acknowledges that and says, yeah, I just, you know, I can't quite go there just yet. And, you know, why don't you head down to the younglings? I think they, you know, need a little bit more attention and time. And you get to see Ben running down, or at least seeing <laughs> your mind, Ben and running down to where younglings are practicing and the thrill at him showing up and getting to do more lightsaber practice is just, oh gosh, I love it. And just before he goes off to help the younglings, he says to Luke, uh, just let me know if I can help, okay? I might not be a Jedi Knight, but I'm stronger than you think. And then it says, with that, he jogged off between two huts and rejoined the group of younglings who all turned faces alive with delight as he returned and told them they could have another round with the training blades. And maybe I'm bringing a little of my own stuff into it. My older son is at a YMCA camp teaching archery to a bunch of kids right now, and I've gotten to see some photos of him doing training there too. So uh, maybe a little bit of that sweetness and light is mixed in with my reactions to reading this stuff. I don't know, but Luke and Ben, just so beautiful and so heartbreaking, and what a wonderful piece of the whole puzzle that is Shadow of the Sith that's integrated into the story. I'm just, I'm thrilled with what Adam Christopher did with it and I think you will be too. So there you go. That's what I've got for you for the podcast today. And it just remains for me to say, thank you so much for joining me for it as always. And may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be.
by Seven is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited. Other respective trademark and copyright holders may the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.